0: And there's a few more decorations there was part of me there was I was talking to my to lay about it and I was partly concerned that there'd be like a quiet part like that and we'd be quiet and we'd be say Holy Spirit come and then there'd be a bang from the balloon the the explosion we'd all jump and there was part of me that's a little bit nervous about that still that as I'm preaching there'll be pops going every so often uh, if it does go off don't worry it is just a balloon bursting but it is great that we're in Christ, uh, Christmas season um Put your hand up if you love Christmas, put your hand up if you hate Christmas, there's a few people that hate Christmas, it's alright. Um, Christmas can be a bit over the top sometimes, can't it? Christmas can be a bit overwhelming, it can be a, a little bit, um, I guess like a, an attack on the senses, where there's colours and like music all the time, and there's, it's just like you're bombarded by this gift, you will transform your life. If you want a happy child, make sure you buy this latest toy. Uh, And that's what it can be like for us. But I want to pick up on the real meaning of Christmas today. I want to pick up on our our verses that we are focusing in on this year at Christmas as a church. And that is from Luke 2. And we're going to read together. I'll read it. Luke 2, verse 8 to 14. So if you have brought your Bible with you or on your phone, if you want to turn to it, that'd be great. Just give you a couple of seconds to turn to it if you're doing that. It should appear on the, the screen behind me as well, so don't worry too much. So Luke 2, verse 8 to 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He will will be assigned to you you will find, um, this will be assigned to you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And we're just gonna journey through that passage today and uh, picking up on this, this theme of, uh, gave me this read, don't narrow your thinking. Don't narrow your thinking. You might be thinking, that is probably not the most Christmas title of a preach you've ever heard. Don't narrow your thinking. But I really felt God talked to me about this. And to do this, as our theme is great joy, we're going to use three uh, points, and they're all going to be titles of Christmas songs. Okay, now you might hate Christmas songs, but I love Christmas songs. And I thought, what brings you great joy? Christmas music. In fact, if you want to fill out our interactive display at the back, it says what brings you great joy. There's a card and pen right it. I've already done mine, and mine says Mariah Carey at Christmas. Because I love Mariah. I love her all year round, but at Christmas is even better because for some reason it's the only time she's acceptable. I don't understand that. But she is great. So that's mine up there already. Okay, so there are my three points: are the t- song title number one, Merry Christmas, everyone. Number two is all I want for Christmas is you. And number three, Do They Know It's Christmas. They're my, they're my three songs, okay? So let's, let's do a bit of singing together. We've done some singing already, okay? So I'm going I'm to read some of the lyrics that lead into the title, okay? And then you're going to, the best of your voice. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about this because I'm, I'm tempted to sing these lyrics myself. Snow is falling. Come on, join in. All around me, children playing, having fun. It's the season love and understanding. Merry Christmas, everyone. Point number one, don't forget that. Merry Christmas, everyone. Point number two is all I want for Christmas is you. You might know the lyrics for this, but I do. Um, <laughs> Wonderful. Point two, all I want for Christmas is you. We're going to come back to that later, later on. And number three, actually, I'm not very good at the uh, the song to this. So we will just, you know, uh, do they know it's Christmas? It's Christmas time. Let's do that together after three. One, two, three. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Okay, that's point three, do they know it's Christmas. You'll be pleased that is probably the only singing you're going to have to hear me do today, at least. Um, but we're going to look at those three points. So let's jump into point one. Merry Christmas, everyone. And I, when I was reading this, the passage I read earlier on and I was looking at verse, it, at first glance, it seems quite obvious that Jesus is for everyone. We've got the, the bit right at the bottom, for all the people. And I was reading that, and I was thinking, oh, great, this is going to be such an easy preach. And we're just going to pick up that verse and say, yep, Jesus for all the people. And we'll all go away thinking, isn't it amazing? Jesus definitely came for everyone. And then we'll go away excited to go and tell someone about the real meaning of the Christmas. And then I started doing a little bit of work, a little bit of background on it. And actually, the original, in the original language, the people doesn't actually stand... For the generic mass it doesn't the word that's used is uh should be on the screen Laas is a greek word and it just laas, and what it is in most of the most and most of the times that's used in the bible that is for the jewish nation it's a word that's used to direct to the jewish nation and we hear that and i don't know about you but when i first got to thought, what jesus came just for the jews Wait, I've read this verse so many times, and I've never picked up on that. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? I know the truth of the Bible is he's here for everyone, and that's so true. Jesus came for everyone. But when I delve into it, I'm like, wait, how am I going to explain this? But thankfully, God knows better than me, because he does move on to say in the next verse that he is, or a couple of verses, he is for everyone. A side note, I can't read Greek. Okay, So if you're thinking, how on earth does Sam read Greek? If you're interested at all in when you're reading the Bible, there's a great app called the Blue Light Bible. App, and if you click on a verse, it takes you through to the original language. It explains what it is, you click on it, and it gives you other places where that word comes up and what the real meaning is. So if you're interested at all in that, I encourage you to read your Bibles again and again maybe check out Blue Light Bible. It's not the most visually pleasing app in the world, but it is so helpful if you want to know the original meaning. So we pick up on this word, la'as, the people. And as I said, when we first hear that, we might be a little bit offended, but we really shouldn't be. We really shouldn't be. When we, when we, if you've read most of the Old Testament or some of the Old Testament, we see again that the Jewish nation is the chosen people um, in Old Testament, and it is... Uh, a beautiful thing, a demonstration of the relationship God has with this people group. And I don't know if you know much of your Jewish history too, but if we just pick up on some of the, the main characters. We've got Adam and Eve, we've got Noah, we've got Abraham, we've got Joseph, we've got Moses, we've got Ruth, we've got Deborah, we've got Samuel, we've got David, we've got Solomon. And that's just some of them. And They've all, in this time of the Jewish nation in the Old Testament, had this amazing relationship with God where they've mucked up again and again. Some of them mucked up again and again. They all mucked up at least one point. And God says, I still love you, I still love you, you're still my chosen people. And they have this great history. And throughout the whole of the Old Testament, there's this promise of this Messiah coming, this chosen one, this saviour, the anointed one, coming to rescue the people. A side note, again, if we read, when we're reading scripture and when we're reading the Bible, we see the word Messiah or Christ. It just means the anointed one. So that can mean anointed as king, sometimes they use it as that. And sometimes they meet it anointed as like saviour as well, as Jesus is king and priest. So there's all these prophecies that have gone in the Old Testament saying the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming. And then we get to this moment in Luke at the birth of Jesus, and we get this word, la'as. He's here for the people, the people of Israel. And as I said, we shouldn't be offended by that because we've read again and again the Old Testament prophecies of Jesus coming. But thankfully, if we jump to verse 14, we read this. The heavenly hosts appear, and it says, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. Because it would be pretty rubbish if my preach finish of Jesus came for the Jewish nation, let's all go home, and well, our lives have been ruined, <laughs> because it just isn't true. It just isn't true. He came for the Jewish and the Gentiles. That just means everyone else. And in that verse, there's this word, those. In the original, again, it either translates those or men being mankind, and it's anthropas, anthropas, And that simply means, in the original, a human being, whether male or female. A human being, whether male or female. And in this, in this context, it's saying, he's come for everyone. He's come to be a saviour for the Jews, but really, he's come for everyone. A few, uh, like the chapter 4 of Zechariah is, uh, is singing... And he sings this song, a saviour has come, basically, is what he's singing. And it's like here, the angel comes and goes, yeah, he was right, but he's come for everyone. He's come for everyone. It's amazing. It's amazing. Jesus really is for everyone. He's for every single person. But it shouldn't come as, also come as a surprise to us that there has been clues throughout all, all the Old Testament that he was coming for everyone, not just the Jewish nation. I'm just going to read a couple of, there's loads, I'm just going to read a couple of verses that show us this. So in uh, Genesis 12, 2-3, you have Abraham, and it says, and this, this promise is given to Abraham, Abraham, who then becomes Abraham. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you psalm twenty two verse twenty seven to twenty eight and at the ends of the earth uh, <coughs> excuse me, and all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him, for dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations isaiah forty nine verse six this is God, God says it is too small a thing for you to be <coughs> For you to be my servant and to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those to Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light to the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Once more, an amazing promise that in the Old Testament is going to the whole of the nations. It's not just for the Jewish nation. And towards the end of the Old Testament, Malachi 1 verse 11. My name will be great among the nations from from where the sun rises to its sets in every place. Incense and pure offerings will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord. So we see that even in the Old Testament, which sometimes we could pick up, is just for the Jewish people. God has always said, I am for the people. I am coming to save the world. I am coming. I'm going to send my son Jesus to rescue the world. And all the nations will be blessed. And so we see this wonderful moment in, um, in Luke at the birth of Jesus. That we see these fulfillments again of, yeah, it's the Jewish nation, but he's coming to save the world, to save you and me. So it's great that we've got it in the Old Testament. And it's great that the angels announce it at his birth. But did Jesus and his disciples really live it? And so I've got this little slide up here. can you um, And it's got different faces on it. And it's all the different... You can see my ugly face up there. It's all the different people that we see in the New Testament that Jesus or his disciples encounter. And then there's me, and I'll explain why I'm there in a minute. So in here we see we've got the shepherds. You can pick up the shepherds yourself. Now I don't know about you, but shepherds, um, you might not know too much about the shepherds in the, in the Bible and New Testament. Shepherds were despised. Shepherds were, were like the marginalized people. No one really liked the shepherds. They were like, you kind of steer clear of them. And they were kind of, in fact, Phil Moore, who's uh, he writes some wonderful books. Gilmore. He he says they were despised as light fingered vagabonds. They were not the nicest people in society. And we see this story. The angel appears to the shepherds. So they're marginalised. They're not really liked. So Jesus spends time with the shepherds. We've got women. I don't know about you, in, the, in the, the Gospels we hear stories like Jesus and the bleeding woman. We've got Mary, we've got Martha, who we've got up on the screen as well. And then we've got men. We've got Jesus and his disciples that you might see up there as well. Remember the, the story, again again, people like the paralyzed man came to Jesus. Jesus spent time with him. We've got young, we've got their, the children. Once more, children weren't really counted as much in society at the time. But Jesus spent time with children said, let the little children come to me. We've got old, Anna the prophet, which we pick up. In Luke 3, Anna is this prophet in the temple when she's fasting and and praying and she's described as old is part of the passage I often think oh, a bit rubbish be Anna isn't it that one of the things you described as is old I was like if I went down to history that's not what I'd want to be known as but um she's described as the old and old prophet and she's worships day and night so there was a uh, Jesus came for the old the outcasts we see tax collectors we've got Zacchaeus up there in his tree Jesus came for the tax collectors the outcasts of society. Jesus came for the wealthy, the story of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus, and who actually rejected Jesus in that moment, but he came for the rich young ruler as well. He gave him an option to receive Jesus. He came for the powerful. Cornelius was a a Roman emperor, centurion, sorry, and he came for him, a powerful man, and Cornelius and his whole household become Christians. Vulnerable, um, the Bible talks about different, loads of different vulnerable uh, people in society, especially people like the widows. They say, care for the widows. The New Testament says care for the widows. So the vulnerable society, Jesus came for the vulnerable. The Jews, we see that again and again in the, in the New Testament. Jesus came for the Jewish people. and um, We see it at Pentecost as well. The Gentiles, Paul in Ephesians 3, is, talks about how he's sent to the Gentiles to preach boundless grace of Christ to the Gentiles. He came for the Gentiles. And sinners, you got my mug up there, because we are all sinners. All of us have fallen short with the glory of God. And he came for you. He came for every single one of us. And we pick that up just from this verse. He came for the Laas and for the Anthropos. The people and for all of mankind. I hope you see that that. This Christmas, when you're thinking about the Christmas message, it is for everyone. Don't narrow your thinking. Don't look at someone we pick up this later on and think they might not need the gospel. They might not need Jesus. They won't want Jesus. He came for everyone. Don't narrow your thinking. Let's move on to song number two, my favourite song. All I want for Christmas is you. Who doesn't love Mariah Carey? She is wonderful. Don't tell Lay, she's upstairs, she'll never know. So it's okay. She fully well knows because she hears it quite a lot. Um, I love Mariah Carey, as I said. In fact, as I said, it's what I wrote on there. It's something, she does bring me joy at Christmas. And that song of all I want for Christmas is you, I'm going to pick up on that title. She talks about this. She says things like, she doesn't care about the presents. She doesn't even wish for snow. And I, I don't wish for snow. I don't like snow. But all she wants for Christmas is you. And that should be all of us, not you. I'm not telling you be like Mariah Carey, find some random partner that you, all you want is them. But we should have a heart attitude of, all I want for Christmas, God, is you. That's all I want. All I want for Christmas is you. And everyone out there, even if they don't need it, even if they don't know it, everyone out there, and if you're in here and you don't know Jesus today, he is what you need. He is who our heart should be seeking. And even if they don't know it internally, their heart is yearning for Jesus. A yearning for him. There's a need for him. And I think if we pick up on this passage again, I'm just going to read Luke 2 verse 10, which is one of our, it's up there. It says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all the people. So why do they really need Jesus? Why should it be that all we want is you, Jesus. Well, there's loads of reasons. I could be here for a long time if I stood up here listing all the reasons why we need Jesus. So I'm just going to pick up on a couple. Okay? The first one is what we see here is that the angels say, he will bring you good news. Now, I don't know about you, I actually turn the news off now when I'm at home, when on TV. I do have it still on my phone, so I pick up the main stories, but I find the news quite negative, when I watch it, it gets me down a little bit. But here, Jesus is described as good news. He's not like the news we watch. He's good news for you. He's something that you yearn for and should want because he is good news. And we pick up in um, John three sixteen and 17. It says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world... Through him. So, what is that good news? That good news is summed up in this verse for part of it is that we, through him, we are saved, and through him, we get eternal life. Because I don't know if you know the gospel, that well, that gospel just means good news in itself. So, the message of Jesus and the message of the Bible is that we rejected God, he never rejected us. In fact, in the Garden of Eden, things are going pretty, pretty good between Adam and Eve and God. They're walking together in the garden and then the the devil comes along and tempts Adam and Eve, and they, they eat this piece of fruit that they're not allowed to eat, and they reject God. And there has to be consequence for that, because God is perfect, and then we are not. So we reject him, and then we live this life, and God says, even in that moment, I will save you. The good news is that he will save us if we believe in him. And that is the gospel message. We reject him, and he sends his son Jesus to die on a cross for us to forgive us for everything we've done wrong, to bring us back into relationship with him so that we can live and have eternal life with God, which is amazing, absolutely amazing. And we see in this verse, in verse uh, John three sixteen and 17, whoever believes, any one of us who believes in Jesus, being saviour and king of our lives, we will not perish but have eternal life. And beyond that, we see in John 10, verse 9 and 10, that whoever believes again will have life and life to the full. What great news that is. If I'm going to have life, I would love it to the full. And that's what I've got in Jesus. So it says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. How amazing is that? What good news is that? how amazing is that good news that not only do we have eternal life if we believe in Jesus our life is life to the full and we're going to pick up in a moment that might not mean life to the full is easy but we have a fullness in life in God what amazing good news is that and I don't know about you but out there there's people desperate desperate for life and life to the full but that can only be found in Jesus absolutely nothing out there is going to give you life and life to the full That can only be found in Jesus. And the third promise we're going to pick up on today really quickly is the promise of the Holy Spirit. We've already spoken about it this morning. In fact, in Acts 2 verse 17 it says this, In the last days God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I'll pour my Spirit on all people. And that verse is talking to us once again, that anyone who believes in Jesus, God will pour out his Holy Spirit on them. As we said before, he is always with us. He's guiding us and talking to us. What great news that is. Surely, surely that needs to be shared with the world. Surely that is good news for everyone out there. Surely that is one of the reasons that we celebrate Christmas. But also the angel doesn't just say, I bring you good news. He says, I will bring you good news that causes great joy, which is our key phrase we've got up there. It brings great joy. And already we've gone through those, and it naturally should bring an element, if you believe in Jesus, of great joy. I've got life and eternity with him. I'm totally forgiven for everything I've done wrong. I've got life to its full, and the Holy Spirit's with me. That should cause us to have great joy. But when you look up what joy, what joy means in this world, in fact, the dictionary says it's a feeling of great, great pleasure and happiness. And that, for me, is a rubbish definition of joy. That just isn't Christian joy. A feeling of great pleasure and happiness. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I do not feel happy. There's times where I am down. There's times where I'm struggling. But through all that, I still have great joy. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. In fact, we know it can't be the world's definition of great joy. Because in James 1 verse 2 it says, Count it joy, my brothers, that when you have trials of many kinds. When I'm going through a trial, sometimes I can feel low. But I have great joy. The world, as I said, is searching for joy. We have, a church, if you are a believer in Jesus, you have the answer. You have the message to share with you, the message of the good news of Christ. The good news of Jesus, that he causes great joy, that he is the good news. As I said at the beginning, don't, let your limit, don't limit your thinking in who needs it. Don't narrow your thinking of who would want to hear it. Because everyone, if, if, you, if they don't have Jesus, they need him. They need him. Because joy doesn't depend on your circumstance. Joy isn't an emotion of happiness or sadness. Although, those want to be clear, those emotions are okay to feel. But joy is something that is ever-present. Our great joy is found in the good news of Jesus. Let's move on to our last song. Do they know it's Christmas. That song is a wonderful song. In fact, it says there's this lyric in it as well. I could sing it again. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? And then it goes, feed the... That is rubbish. After three, one, two, three. Feed the... And for good news for you, the world is hungry. And the great news for you is Jesus is the bread of life. So you've got the food you can give them. They are hungry. Feed the world. You've got the message of Christmas in you. You've got the message, if you're a believer here today and believe in Jesus, you've got the message of good news and great joy. You've got the answer for their hunger. Will you share it? Now, don't condemn yourself when you're sitting here thinking, I've missed so many opportunities in my life. I could have spoken to my neighbor, I could have spoken to that random person down the street that talked to me. Don't condemn yourself because there is no condemnation found in Christ Jesus but be excited about the mission God will send you on. Be excited about the mission God's given you to share his amazing good news. Don't discount yourself. Because when we, I don't know, my life sometimes I look at some of the things I've done wrong in my life. I look at some other people and think, wow, they're so good at sharing the good news. Oh, wow, they, they talk to me about how they read their Bible like all day, every day, or that's an extreme example. But they talk about, and I think, how can I be used, God? And that is the enemy jumping in on me and saying, discount yourself. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. But I promise you, church, if you're a believer, God has, given, has a plan and a purpose for your life. You're not too old, you're not too young. We saw on that wonderful slide I made, which wasn't that great, but it was this beautiful picture of everyone in the New Testament, just examples in the New Testament that people have encountered, that Jesus encountered, and the disciples encountered. Jesus gives a mission to your life, a plan and a purpose for your life. God will use you Don't discount yourself. But a couple of little tips. Be prepared. Be prepared. Know what we shared today. Know what the good news is. Be ready to share the good news. Don't just act. I know that some people say you can just act like a Christian and people will know. And I'm not saying don't act like a Christian. It's really important to live a good, holy life. God is calling us again and again to a place of holiness. But Speak the word. Speak the word. Tell people the good news. Because the harvest is ready. Jesus tells us that the harvest is ready. And at this Christmas time, don't let it pass by. Do not narrow your thinking of who needs the gospel. Be ready to share this good news that causes great joy. And don't discount others. We all need Jesus. No matter who you encounter needs Jesus, I need more Jesus every single day. So when you're outside, don't judge someone. Are they a Christian or not? doesn't matter. Just tell them about Jesus. Ask for the opportunities for God to share. Listen to them. One of the greatest tips I was ever given about sharing the gospel is listen to what the person is talking to me about. Don't have my pre-prepared answer ready to shove on them. Listen to what they're saying. If they're talking about how they're feeling lonely, tell them how Jesus offers them friendship. If they're talking about feeling guilty and shame, talk about how Jesus and his amazing death and resurrection is, brings you into a place of freedom from guilt and shame. Listen to what the person is talking to you. That is the greatest advice I was ever given on sharing the gospel. Listen to what someone talks to you about. And Jesus does meet their need. Be ready to respond in a way that meets it. And as I said, don't discount others. Don't think they don't need it. Don't think they don't want it. But don't be fearful either. I don't know how you feel about this, but sometimes I go to share the gospel and I can be quite scared. I can be. I can be full of fear. I can think, oh, what if they just totally make fun of me or reject me? Especially when I was younger. Um, I know the teenagers upstairs, but when I was a teenager, I used to be petrified of telling people about Jesus. I loved him on a Sunday. I loved him during the week. I did muck up a lot, but I loved him. I loved Jesus. But when it came to share it, oh, the fear that went through my body. What if my friends reject me? What if they make fun of me? And I think we can still be like that today as adults as well. But Jesus is worth it. They need the answer, and the only answer is Jesus. And when we're fearful, as we will be, ask God say, take away my worry, take away my fear, and remind yourself the promise that we shared about earlier on, that the Holy Spirit is with you. And finally, reap the harvest. We said it was ready. Jesus has said it's ready. Reap it. Claim it in for him. That's not an aggressive cut things down as reaping can sometimes sound like. It's share the good news. Ask people if they want to become a believer. There was someone in this church only last week gave their life to Jesus. Which is amazing, isn't it? It's so exciting that people give giving their lives to God. All it took was someone to ask that person the question. Do you want to believe? Do you want to give your life to God? That is incredible. And be led by the Spirit. Jonathan, I don't know where Jonathan's sitting. Jonathan is somewhere in the church. Um, John, I, went to me, I was meeting up with him the other day, and he said to me about this story. So I'm just going to finish on this story and with a slight challenge. So if the band want to come up during this, that would be great. He was uh, at his school gates picking up his children, and he, he went he got into the car, and uh, he was driving away, and he just felt a nudge of the Holy Spirit say, so turn round, turn round. So he turned round went back to school and there was a lady at the gates and he said and he told me that it was clear the nudging was about this lady and he just said to her are you okay and this opened up this amazing conversation just because he was led by the spirit now that lady didn't give her life to God in that moment but he was led by the spirit and went back and spoke the good news of Jesus don't limit your thinking church be led by the Spirit. Share the good news that the world needs to hear. And at Christmas, it can't be much easier, can it? We've got our events. We've got a family service next week. Invite people to it. We've got a carol service in two weeks' time. Invite people to it. We've got a film night. That is the most low-key event ever. There's, there's like nothing can go wrong in a film. Bring them to, it's a great film. It's for the star. Bring them to it. Ask them if they want to come. Don't miss Christmas this Christmas. Don't miss the opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity to share the good news and invite them along. Because it's on my heart. We need to reap the harvest. We need to share the good news of Jesus, just like the angel did. So yeah, that's my final question. Who will you share Jesus with this Christmas?